Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody. This is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Let's make sure I'm getting some levels on the recorder. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you will not know this. But if you are watching, you may know that I, you may notice that I'm wearing a Seattle Kraken shirt and hat. So if you're new to this podcast, you may not know this, but uh, several months ago, I came out pretty strongly against the name Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. I stand by it. The name sucks. I said I would never buy a single thing. Actually, I might have said I will never wear a single thing that actually has the word Kraken emblazoned upon it. <sighs> and then my dad bought me the shirt for Christmas. And at this point in the COVID pandemic situation, I'm just happy to have a shirt that fits. They're getting more and more rare. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I have some dates coming up. June is very busy. June uh, 12th, I will be at uh, Badger Mountain Brewing in Wenatchee, Washington with internet celebrity and former podcast guest Todd Royce. Uh, June 17th, Washougal, Washington at Smeed's Pub. June 24th through 26th, I will be in and in this order. I don't know the venues. Um, Spokane, Post, no, Lewiston, Idaho, and then Spokane Valley. Uh, where else am I going to be? July, I had a date July 3rd that got canceled. July 11th, I feel like I have something. July 18th, uh, 17th and 18th. I might be in Arizona with Todd Royce, the aforementioned Todd Royce. And then uh, July, the last week in July, I think it's like the 27th or 29th or maybe 29th through August 1st or whatever. I will be at a Spokane Comedy Club back at Spokane Comedy Club. I'll be putting 1,800 miles at least on my car dedicated to traveling to and from Spokane, Washington for comedy. So... Thank you for uh, everybody, by the way, that came out at Spokane Comedy Club on Sunday. Uh, I headlined Spokane Comedy Club. It was so fun. I'll talk about that in a little bit because it was a fun trip. And I don't have a guest because, man, I really put my life, my life is in uh, just disarray as a result of this trip. I left, I, st I went a night early. So I went to Honey Social or Honey Eatery and Social Club. Uh, you might be surprised to find this out. 
after you've uh, undoubtedly heard the quality of this podcast and seen the constant interaction. I can't stop getting doxxed because people love this podcast so much. Um, I have a day job. I work remotely. I was able to work a day from the Airbnb. Pretty good deal. If you can do that, by the way, as a comic, if you're a comic out there listening or a person with a creative pursuit, uh, do it. That's what I'd say. That's my advice. I've been trying for like 10 years to have a job that's permanently, uh, where I permanently work remote and the pandemic moved so many of us that direction. And I, uh, I won't say that I'm happy those 600,000 people died. I won't say that, but if something good was going to come out of it, I'm glad it happened to me and uh, not, well, I guess it happened to Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos became like a super billionaire and is going to space and I am working from an Airbnb on a Thursday. These are equal improvements to our lives. I like, I like Airbnbs over hotels. Um, you get more space. I am the, when I go to a hotel, I immediately put the do not disturb sign on the hotel. So the idea that the person coming in and, and, uh, and fixing my sheets or whatever, or cleaning the room, not interested, not a, not a perk of a hotel that I take advantage of. So the other nice thing about Airbnbs is that you get to stay in parts of town. You, you don't realize this actually, but I think this is really a benefit of Airbnbs is you get to stay in a part of town where there may not be like name brand hotels or any hotels. The street I live on is a cool part of Tacoma, Washington, uh, or it's near the cool part of Tacoma, Washington. There's no hotels in my neighborhood. You would never be able to stay in my neighborhood as a guest of my city unless you went to an Airbnb. So I went to a pretty cool Airbnb in uh, the Garland district of Spokane, which I'm not, I was not familiar with. I was like a couple blocks away from some bars on the Friday night, Gabe and I, Gabe Rutledge, past podcast guest and uh, who I was on the road with. <clears throat> we made an attempt to go have a bar among the locals. We went to, we walked, boy, I don't think we ever walked into a bar. We walked, down the full length of Garland Street until we ran out of bars to go to. Not the full length, but the neighborhood we were in, like, to the last bar. We were like, these all look like Friday night bars. I'm like a Monday early afternoon. That's the and the ambiance I want from a bar is a Monday early afternoon bar. And as a comic, it's hard to find that when most comedy shows are Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And... We don't want to dance. I don't want to hear loud music. I want to talk shit about other comedians with someone else serving me drinks. We did the same thing in Grants Pass, Oregon one year. We went to, uh, I've been to Grants Pass with Gabe twice, and we walked into this bar one time, and with no verbal communication, we both turned around at the same time and left. It's no, it was no good. Loud, I can't do loud music at this age. Every time I hear music now, I'm like, can you turn it down 20%? No matter what volume it is, it's always 20% too loud for me. <clears throat> um, what else about Spokane? I got to see, I got to see my, uh, my cousin who lives in Elk, Washington. And I got, 
I'll probably put a video up of it. I did some I did some riffing on Elk. Elk Washington. Uh Yeah, so if you're listening to this, subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you're watching it and you don't already subscribe, please subscribe because I'll be roasting Elk Washington um, pretty soon, I guess. Uh, there's a part I'm deciding if I want to cut out or not because the crowd liked it. I'm worried that Twitter will not like it as much. Um, maybe my cousin won't like it. We'll see. We'll see. It was all in good fun, everybody. It was all in good fun. Uh, Spokane, Washington. I have a lot of my a lot of my family's from Spokane. I have friends there. It was really cool to see. Uh, shout out to Mike Duke, who I don't think he's been on this podcast, but he's been on podcasts of mine before. My pal uh, Madison McCord, who he used to write for a sports blog that I I ran. He is very recently or very soon will become a he's a very recent father and very soon to become a stay at home dad. Um one of the few guys who made like real money in journalism that I know and then he's dropping out of it, baby. He's dropping out. Uh he was I used to do this podcast called the Off Speed Podcast. And this is actually it's funny to remember this now because the last episode of that podcast was him. And I believe it coincides with the first ever road comedy weekend that I did in Richland, Washington, because he lived in Yakima at the time. And I stayed at his place in Yakima and drove into Richland every day because Joker's comedy club in Richland, Washington pays MCs $100 with no hotel. And I spent, all of that money on gas and then I went dipped into dipped into the negative for food. Is that my daughter crying? I guess I should have my phone handy in case my wife needs to tell me that my daughter's crying. Let's see. Let's take a peek. No. All right. Exciting podcast. Exciting podcast stuff. Uh Spokane is like a sneaky, cool city, though. Like, the cool parts of Spokane are sneaky cool. And then there's also, like, a lot of uh, small-town crap and also, like, chain restaurants and, you know, like, um, their Applebee's is going nuts. You know what I'm saying? But there's they do have some uh, some pretty good food options. We went to this... Gabe and I went to this historic diner called the Satellite Diner, and it's so demoral. Right now is tough because every place is on limited seating, and you're at some battle with limited seating and limited interest because of COVID. And we go to this restaurant, and there's like a really cool diner side, and then like a classic dive bar side. And we walked in, and these people didn't even question if we wanted the diner ambiance, they were like, there's no room in the diner. Just go over to the bar. So we did because we're hungry, fat fucks. Okay. We did it, but we didn't want to. We wanted the diner ambiance. The food was fine. Um, I did get a bad food recommendation. My friend, Mike Duke recommended me. I said, I was trying to get, so I get it. I take an hour for lunch every day at work. And I was trying to get 
get there, get food, get back. Didn't want to order DoorDash. I wanted to try a place. I didn't want to be limited. The vast culinary options of Spokane, I didn't want to be limited by what happens to be on DoorDash. So I took recommendations, and my friend Mike is giving me these recommendations that are like, like a fine, like a trendy, like seven miles away, cool place, like sit down, wear a white button-up shirt with one button too low, like this kind of place. And I wanted like a walk-in, get some shit. I don't care about, I'm not a price sensitive person, but I want like some, some simple food. Give me some simple food. I made some, some, uh, inquiries. Is this place good? Is this place good? He goes, no, the best I go, I go fine. Can, what about tacos? Can you give me tacos? Can you recommend me some tacos? And he recommends this place. And I'm not going to say the name because the next thing I'm going to say, and I go into this place and Here's what I want you to tell me, uh, listener. If anybody in the world asks you for a taco restaurant recommendation, do you take that to mean that they want street tacos? Or do you think they want crunchy, like your, your in my case, white mom made in the kitchen with probably olives in it? Because that's, because by the way, uh, Mexican people have done a lot of stuff with tacos, adding olives, pretty great white innovation. I'm just saying, uh, do you want, when you re ask for a taco recommendation, a taco restaurant recommendation, do you assume that person wants street tacos or white American tacos? Because if you assume that that person wants street tacos, then you are trapped or no wants garb of oh, shit. Shit, I messed it up. I messed it up. Cut, cut. Yeah, that is my daughter crying. Or it's my cat crying. If you assume that person, point is, I feel like I should retake this for TikTok. I was going to put this whole thing on TikTok. This whole damn podcast broken up into chunks. I can do three minutes on TikTok now. Hang on. Let's take a quick break. All right, I'm happy to report it was the cat, not my daughter. The uh, the intervention with my cat is throw my cat over the baby gate because he doesn't want to jump over. The intervention with my daughter is maybe 15, 20 minutes, an hour of rocking her. So that's better. Oh, I just burped into the mic. Oh, so Spokane has this burger place, the chain. It's a spoke. It's a regional Eastern Washington, maybe, maybe creeps into Northwestern Idaho a little bit, but it is a limited chain called zips. And I'm going to give you the same proper recommendation that people should be the, what you should be expecting out of zips. Like when someone asks you for a taco truck recommendation, it's a fast food burger. Okay. It's a fast food burger that doesn't come from a mass-produced chain, okay? I, I don't know that the burgers are all, all uh, like, hand-formed in-house, but it's a regional chain. And so I think it's a little bit better of a situation than what you might get from, 
from McDonald's or Burger King or whatever. It's great. And they do the thing. I've talked about it on this podcast before, I believe, but they do the thing, which is that they have a slice of ham on the burger. And people doubt me when I tell them. I actually never got a review from Gabe on whether he liked it or not. He ate it. I know that he didn't like drinking it with uh, or eating it while he was drinking whiskey on the rocks, but I never got a full review of this burger. And uh, Gabe's a low carb guy, so to get him to eat a burger, it's maybe the first carbs I've ever seen him uh, eat. I've seen him drink a lot of carbs, but uh, maybe the first carbs I've ever seen him eat. But they put us, it's a belly buster. We got the big buster, so it has two patties, two cheese, uh, cheeseburger patties a slice of ham, bacon, and then the rest. Oh, I was going to say all the trimmings. Uh, when we were at the diner, the aforementioned diner, and I noticed this in Spokane a lot. When you look at a menu in Spokane, a lot of the times you will, it'll say like, here is a, uh, something with all the trimmings, all the fix, all the trimmings is bad. It's not a good description. First off, I'm a snob. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I've been hesitant to use the C word on here, so I'm not going to use it right now, but I am that when it comes to food. Okay. I'm, I am insufferable and I want to know what's on that goddamn food. Uh, yeah, the trimmings, all the trimmings, all the fixings. I don't know what goes into a, a like satellite diner hash. I can't remember what the name of it was. It was their bestseller. I, I got their bestseller. I asked what they were known for, but all the trimmings doesn't cut it for me. I need some description. I want to know where that that green pepper. I want to know where that who who is the farmer. Give me. I need an authentic. I need a report of authentication that this is a green pepper from wherever it's from. I need a lot. I'm a I'm a picky customer. So the zips. Big Buster Burger comes with, yeah, like normal stuff, like iceberg lettuce, um, tomato, whatever. I take tomatoes off. This is actually, I think, I get the best of all worlds with tomatoes because people like tomatoes because of the moisture that they provide. And what they also like is the disgusting taste that tomatoes have. And I don't like that. So I will let them keep the tomatoes on. I don't have to feel like a dickhead changing my order. And then when it comes... I get all the moisture from the tomato and I take the full tomato with its disgusting texture and horrible flavor and, uh, and, uh, sliminess, which is maybe part of the texture. I just take that off. I get the best of all worlds, baby. That's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's my move. That's my strategy. Um, oh, I am in a, (laughs) this is not the normal place that I podcast. It is in the same room. But what's going on behind the camera is an absolute mess because I'm trying to make this room work for a couple other things in my life. And from this angle and with no headphones on, I'm just hearing children screaming outside, which is disconcerting. That's another funny thing that happened at the the comedy show. I had um, my buddy Greg Beachler opened the show. He's a former Spokane comic who lives in Tacoma now who crushed, by the way, um, follow him. I think it's probably just Greg Beachler on, I think only Instagram, by the way, I don't think he's on the other platforms. Um, he did great. And during his set, an Amber alert went off 
and somebody hadn't silenced their phone. And then during my set, another Amber Alert went off. I still don't know if it was two separate Amber Alerts or if if uh, it was the same kid. Um, I made some jokes about it too. I'm going to see if I can get Greg to give me video or better audio of him doing it because we both had some fun some some fun riffs you'd call it some fun riffs in that moment boy i feel like this podcast stinks by the way i need to get some guests back on this fucking thing <sighs> we did comedy at honey that was fun i did have a moment i have this joke that i uh, i've talked about on the podcast before but it's about how people eat ass and how i don't think they should and now this is what happened and then I'm going to explain it a little bit better. And then I, I think I have a, I think I'm going to eventually put the video of it out. I'm telling the joke. It's like six minutes long. What usually happens is when I first introduce the topic, there's not a lot of consensus buy-in on the joke. First off, not a lot of people want to admit that they know about it, let alone do eat ass, at least not in the demographics that I'm performing in front of, which is mostly middle-aged people, I suspect. I'm not checking IDs at the door, but... Um, so I'm like four minutes into this ass-eating joke, and this woman, uh, her husband or the, the man that was sitting at her table gets up, and she goes, fucking shit. And me, being the clever, uh, on-my-toes individual that I am, I said, yes, ma'am, that is what comes out of there. And uh, I got some laughs from the crowd. And then this lady was pissed. And she's like, well, well, go back to talking about eating ass. And she was not happy that I had singled her out. And then the crowd started to turn on her, not on me. And then I finished the joke. And this lady looked at me with her fucking arms crossed for the rest of the night. She was mad. Or not the rest of my set. And then I actually, while I was sitting at the bar watching Gabe, I was also looking to see uh, what what of his does she like? Is there anything that pisses her off? I put a couple, you know, I had a couple other jokes on this uh, on this poor woman throughout my set. And then what Gabe pointed out is that what actually seems to have happened is she got into an argument with this man at her table. And he got up to leave and she was mad about that. And it just happened at the absolute worst time in my set. It could have happened for her. Best time for me. Worst time for her. So, yeah. Maybe the best, uh, like, heckler interaction I've ever had in terms of crowd response. I'll probably post it at some point. Though I do feel kind of bad because I thought... My initial thought was that this woman was an aggressor. And so I thought she was coming after me. And now that I suspect she was not, I feel a little more bad posting it on the internet. But, you know, you know, whatever. You got to crack a couple eggs to make an omelet, right? Uh, does this podcast suck and is it too long? That's That's a question I have. Um... All right, I guess I'll close on the, I guess I'll I guess I'll close on this. I'll leave you with this as the as bad comedians say. 
So Gabe and I went to this restaurant. Uh, first night we ate at, first night we were there, we ate at uh, Honey Social Club and Eatery. Honey Eatery and Social Club. I'm back there headlining, by the way, February 4th and 5th uh, of 2022. So if you're in that area, come on out, baby. I don't know why I keep I said, I said baby a lot this episode. I've been noticing as I, I was listening to my set on the way home, I drove home immediately after the show in Spokane. And I listened to my set and I got, I have some verbal tics that I got to get rid of because they're infuriating. Maybe nobody else notices, but they are infuriating to me. And if they do notice, I don't, please don't tell me because I noticed them already. So I don't need your, I don't need you to tell me. Um, we go to this, we go to honey the first night. It's great, by the way, great food. A good sign about this honey eatery and social club is that every time I bring it up to someone, they're like, oh, we eat brunch there. The food's great. And the fact that they're known for food and not comedy as a restaurant means they have a chance of surviving until February 4th and 5th when Casey McLean headlines with very likely Ryan McComb, past podcast guest, two-time podcast guest, featuring. This is... um. This podcast is brought to you by Bailbreaker and Freem Pilsner, two Northwest breweries coming together in this glass. So the second night we go to Coeur d'Alene, there's not, it's like going to be like a 45 minute wait for us to eat at Honey. It's a very popular restaurant. It's a very busy time in Coeur d'Alene, it turns out. There's just so much tourism. There's every street. It's like three white dudes with a backwards hat and Oakleys and a sunburn and a tank top and white shorts for some reason. And uh, flip-flops. You have to. It's the uniform. Oakleys. <clears throat> I might have said Oakleys already. It's a busy time. So we go to this restaurant that I can't even remember the name to not say it. But we walk in and it feels like, so first off, we walked in like four places and we had the same problem in Coeur d'Alene as we did in Grants Pass and in the Garland District of Spokane, which is we are two middle-aged men who do not want to, I don't, again, turn the music down in this case, probably like 40% <clears throat> or a place would have like reasonable seating, don't serve food. So we find this place maybe two blocks away, maybe one block away. People eating on the patio and we're like, let's try here. It doesn't seem too busy. We walk in inside ghost town, bad sign. It turns out the whole inside is like wood siding. <clears throat> There's the lady that took us to our table was talking louder than the music at the loudest bar we walked into like excited, but also annoyingly screaming at us. And then the lady that gave us, that took our order was like, I couldn't tell if she was 25 or 50 years old. She had on a, uh, like a Led Zeppelin t-shirt that had been cut into like a muscle shirt for a man and then placed on a very thin woman. So the sleeves went down to like her hip bones basically. And She's got on like a, like a, uh, maybe rainbow headband 
She's going for a look, okay? She, whatever age she is, which is completely unclear by her quality of skin and style of dress and whatever, um, she's going for a look. And then the next person at the restaurant is 850 years old. I mean, truly this woman is like in her late 70s probably, and she's very much in charge, and she's barking orders at people a lady a girl uh like under underage whatever like um probably like 16 year old girl buses a table and this lady's like that is not how you bring water back into this restaurant from an outside table and then she walks outside where there are customers and starts berating this girl in front of all the customers telling her how she fucked up bringing this water in and then another girl goes out and accidentally or stupidly or on purpose, whatever, buses a table's Long Island iced tea. So they come in looking for the Long Island iced tea. Same thing happens. Got to take her out. Berate her in front of the customers. It's very uncomfortable. I had ordered at this point. I ordered a burger. Gabe ordered a salad. I ordered a salad with my burger because I'm a health nut. They bring my salad first. No silverware. At this point, this old lady is yelling... Uh, she's like, I need a calculator because they don't have a real cash register at this place. I need a calculator. Um, nobody has a calculator. And then she starts doing, asking for like simple, she's like, what's seven times 12. And I'm whispering to Gabe. I'm like, it's 84. What's three times six. It's 18. But this lady, I don't want to get our, even though I think our waitress is probably, uh, approaching a heroin overdose. If not, because she's already put it into her veins. It seems like her life is headed that direction. Okay. And I don't want to piss off this 150 year old lady. That's her boss. Maybe her mom, maybe her grandma. So I just, I'm like, she comes over and I'm like, Hey, I don't have any silverware. And she's like, Oh my God, I thought I got you some silverware. And I'm sure that made the other lady mad. And then another lady is this, you know, 120 year old lady in charge of everyone. Another lady is 98 walking around. She's got her arm in a sling and she's still carrying water and taking orders. There's seven customers in this place and 12 employees. It's an insane restaurant. All women must be, they must've been related to each other. I would hope. So finally this lady comes out with my silverware. Gabe ordered a salad. I ordered a burger with the salad. She gives Gabe silverware and no, yeah, she gives Gabe silverware. And then she's like, oh, wait, you needed silverware. Hands me the silverware with my salad, with my burger. And now Gabe is sitting with his full meal and no silverware. What started as me getting a salad in advance as like an appetizer became us eating at the exact same time, except he doesn't have silverware. I'm watching Gabe stare at his salad like I did. And then a man sets up outside of the restaurant and he's got like a stool and a portable amp and he's playing guitar and not to us, but loud enough that anybody sitting in the restaurant could hear the loud lady from the beginning is like, this guy sucks. He only knows five songs. And then Gabe informed me, by the way, Gabe used to be in a band. He informed me that he's not even good at playing those five songs. 
Um, and then they're like these four women of, by the way, the the range in age in this place has to be 120 years. Like early, there was one girl that was actually probably in her early twenties, maybe late teens. And this 191 year old woman that's in charge of everything. And they're strategizing. They're like, I mean, in 2021, you're like, do I call the cops? Like everyone's worried about this, right? But they're strategizing. They're like, well, why does he always set up here? Maybe we could just ask him. Has anyone asked him to move down the street? Because he used to perform down the street and now he does it here. And I don't know why. And it's, it's turning our customers away. By the way, I can assure you it's not the guitar busker turning their customers away. Finally, they go ask this guy, early 20s, looks like a huge pussy. Can you move down the street? And he goes, no. And just keeps poorly playing his five generic songs on the side of the street. Which is a decent metaphor for comedy, by the way. There's a lot of sides of the street where customers don't want to hear you uh, perform. And then I drove home on a Sunday night. The show finished. I sold some shirts. My my cousin from Elk, I got to see his kids who I haven't seen. And they're almost all 21. My uh, youngest. It's always a weird. I guess they're my second cousins. They are. Uh, the youngest is. Will be turning 21 on February. Or on uh, whatever month this is. June 26th. And that's it. They can all drink. They can all go to every comedy show at Spokane Comedy Club. Um, yeah, drove home hellish, hellish. Uh, I'm very tired. The only thing keeping me awake was it was just absolutely pouring on the Snoqualmie pass. And it was just, I, I ran on hundred percent anxiety and I made it, I made it safe. I was not happy. I drove while I was driving, but once you get home, very happy to make it home. All right. Thank you. Uh, once again for listening, this is I don't know if this is any good, but it's what's coming out on Wednesday. So thank you for listening. And uh, please tell a friend, a loved one, a coworker. Thank you to the, I think, still presently one person who supports this podcast financially on Anchor. Um, that's very nice of you. Please don't let the fact that I finally realized that's what's happening uh, make you realize that that's what's happening and stop doing it. And if you want to do that, you can go to anchor.fm slash nobody likes Casey McLean. Uh, there is technically a Patreon for this podcast, but I'm not doing anything with it right now. So maybe in the future, thank you for listening and I will talk to you soon.